and still sponsoring the Mike Sappho podcast is the best hot sauce in the game today, Silk City Hot Sauce. How many times do I have to tell you guys about Silk City Hot Sauce? Not only is Silk City Hot Sauce a small, family-owned business, but Jeff and the gang make sure there's a flavor for everyone. It's made in small batches with the purest and freshest ingredients. We all know that the locally grown peppers are the foundation of every bottle of Silk City Hot Sauce. There are a ton of flavors to choose from, from mild all the way up to wild. And besides the taste, I love the labels. Each bottle features incredible, mind-blowing artwork, some of the coolest designs I've ever seen. The flavors Silk City Hot Sauce have are Aztec Attack, Badass Jew, Chipotle, Dragon, Fireside, Hot Experiment, Killer Hot, Mango Madness, and The Slurp. Go to SilkCityHotSauce.com, enter the coupon code SAFO, S-A-F-O, and you get a 15% discount. But wait, you know Jeff's going to throw in more than the 15% discount, especially in the beginning when all I talked about was that crazy wacky flavor, cherry sriracha that goes on ice cream. Well, yeah, that's free. Anytime you place an order and enter the coupon code SAFO, S-A-F-O, during checkout. And each week I like to just talk about one flavor that I'm trying for the week. This week I'm trying the Dragon, the 7 Chili Pepper Blend, fire roasted and grilled with Vermont Maple Syrup, which makes it savory, sweet, and smoky. Try the Dragon, try them all, just go to SilkCityHotSauce.com, enter SAFO, S-A-F-O, get a free bottle of cherry sriracha, get 15% off and love Silk City Hot Sauce like we all do. Now let's talk about tourism in Afghanistan with my brother Noor. Noor, what's going on, my friend? Thanks for coming on. Thank you for asking to come on. What city are you calling me from right now? I'm uh, calling from Mazar-e-Sharif, Mazar-e-Sharif in the north of Afghanistan. And right now, what time is it? Because you woke up very early just for me, so I really appreciate that. Uh, it's like 8 o'clock now, like eight ten, something like that. Yeah. And, and how about yeah. the weather? Because, Noor, here in New York, we're about to get 18 inches of snow. So how's the weather out there in Afghanistan? 18 inches is a little bit too much. Uh <laughs> We had uh, we had snow about two weeks ago, but it was only like uh, ten centimeters. Yeah, and uh, the the weather is cold here now, but uh, today is a sunny day. It's nice, and uh, everything looks perfect. It's the the sun is just rising. I can see from the window, so uh, it should be fine. So I'm a little jealous of that. But listen, now we we linked up because Nor, I'm a big traveler. This is my, one of my closest friends, Eddie. We're like these crazy travelers. All we want to do is travel to every country in the world. And I came across your website, letsbefriendsafghanistan.com. And for us, being American citizens, Afghanistan is one of the holy grails of traveling. One, because it's very difficult to get to. And two, because no one goes there, unfortunately. Uh, so tell me, how long have you been doing your tour? And what got you started in letsbefriendsafghanistan.com? Um, I originally, I was, uh, I was working in, uh, like to go back a little bit in details about how I started to come into, uh, guiding, uh, early in 2007 and 2008, I was working as a volunteer for an, uh, American center here that was, uh, provided like all the materials were provided by the U S embassy in Mazar Sharif. It's called the Lincoln center. So this Lincoln goes after the Ibrahim Lincoln. And uh, I was a volunteer uh, English teacher and I was translating like historical books for the kids and students here in Afghanistan. And uh, uh, sometimes the expats used to come from different parts who were working for the organizations from the embassy of the US. When they were coming into this uh, uh, American 
Lincoln Center, then I, I was ex uh, because my job was to 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 link to create a bridge between Afghanistan people and the U.S. people. So I was explaining about Afghanistan history, and I was showing a little bit of Afghanistan to them. I was showing just around the city, the tour a little bit, the blue mosque that was uh, having there close by. So these people were very interested, and then they were asking me more, like where are the other locations that I could show them? So I could take them a little bit far away to Samangan province, to Balkh district. <clears throat> but at that time, everything was just a volunteer work, and it was not like a business or something. And then after that, after two years of working as a volunteer for this center, I said goodbye, and then I started a new job with other organizations. And then until 2013, I was uh, working with several uh, organizations like uh, US, USAID projects, uh, uh, Save the Children Foundation, like JICA, which is a Japanese international cooperation agency. And then in 2013, things uh, like the, the, the situation of the news were more crazy on television. And then th this, this was ruining my day, like watching the TV all the time, talking crazy about Afghanistan. A bomb exploded, like something crazy happened here. Like all the time, like bad news and negative things. That was really disappointing me and then uh, driving me uh, like uh, depressed. And then I stopped watching the news. And then at that point, I said, okay, let's do something. Let's show a little bit of positive about Afghanistan. So it's 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 not everything that the media shows about Afghanistan. So we, we have a lot of nice other things going on, but they never talk about it. So it was, uh, and then at that point, I contacted all the people that I used to know them uh, from the earlier days. And I told them that I started guiding. I want to show the positive sides of Afghanistan. Some of them were really appreciating and they were, they said, you're doing a good job. And then, uh, and uh, that was the time that I uh, slowly starting at the time I was working for the guy, for the organizations as well, but I set it up a little page for me. And then because I heard that lots of people don't like to come to Afghanistan, and that's why I put the name Let's Be Friends, because we can be friends. We're not bad people. You need to come and experience and see, like, look, we are very nice people, and we have a lot to show you. It's not only about explosions and wars and stuff. So I, I set it up a Facebook page called Let's Be Friends Afghanistan, and then I later on I set it up a website. And then, like, People came and came a little bit, so just word mouth to mouth, like my friends told their friends and their friends told some other people, and then they saw our Facebook page, and then I put it lots of nice pictures from Afghanistan on the Facebook, like from the people, from the bazaar and everything. So that's how uh, things uh, seriously began. And in 2015, um, officially say goodbye to my job. Uh, I had an offer, but I said I'm going to resign because... Uh, lots of people were coming. Uh, at the beginning, only, only five, six people came a year. And then in, in, in 2015, we had like 10 people coming to Afghanistan. And in 2016, like more than 20 people coming and visiting Afghanistan. And this number suddenly jumped to uh, to more than 100 people in 2018. And then in 2019, we even had more people wow. and in 2020 we were supposed to get more than 250 people but this uh 
we had lots of bookings and uh, unfortunately this uh, a pandemic thing ruined everything for 2020 but we still have lots of people coming after September to Afghanistan because uh, I mean after September 2020 uh, because lots of other borders were closed and Afghanistan was open and hopefully uh, like uh, it was like a magic that we didn't have any problem with the pandemic in Afghanistan. Uh, uh, we things were not really serious here. After a while, we found that that like things are fine here, and then Afghanistan somehow opened the borders, and then the flights tried to come to Afghanistan, and we had lots of people come. Since the other locations were closed, especially in the Central Asia, just mm-hmm. in the neighboring countries of Afghanistan. So people didn't have a lot of choice but to come to Afghanistan. So we were busy. We were busy from September, October, November till date. We we still have uh, clients right now in Afghanistan. We're taking them to to, to the. Normally we work in Kabul, Herat, Bamiyan, Panjshir, Mazar Sharif, and Samangan. And sometimes we take people to Kandahar as well. Now, let me, uh, I was on your site, and I was very fascinated, and it kind of blew my mind a little bit, that in the 70s, in the 1970s, Afghanistan was like a hotbed for tourism. 100 to 200,000 people a year would come there, and then slowly, obviously, it declined. Are you seeing hope? Uh, I know you said 200 people coming. Do you see hope that maybe it can be a a better tourism place? Uh, Yeah, you're right. Uh, Afghanistan is a... Uh, has a very, very high potential for tourism in Afghanistan. We have a lot of things to offer. Uh, uh, we had a lot of history, lots of culture, very nice and, and, and friendly people here, like the, the magical natural views in Afghanistan, the climate and everything is perfect. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very high potential for tourism here in Afghanistan. Uh, unfortunately, with security, we do not have a lot of uh, advancement with security because the last 20 years that we had it was a big chance for us uh, of having a good security, but uh, a little bit hopeless we are now. Uh, at the beginning, when the when the U.S. tried to come to Afghanistan and this all international community came to Afghanistan. All of the people of Afghanistan had a big hope that they are going to fight against the terrorism and everything would be perfect. Mm-hmm. But and, and unfortunately, like now, after 20 years of billions of dollars in Afghanistan, the international community in Afghanistan, uh, we still cannot drive with a client from one city to another city. Like, let's say if we try to drive from Mazar to Kabul, it's a big tension and we cannot do that. I only I only take my clients by flight. So it looks like things are a little bit getting worse and worse day by day. And that a little bit, well, we need to be honest. I know uh, I want to, we need to promote tourism in Afghanistan, but we cannot lie to people, you know, like uh, this is the truth about Afghanistan. So security in general, gets tougher and tougher but we still have these six seven places that we can take clients out there at least by flight so the city centers are fine everything is under the control of the government we can fly there we can have one or two days and then come back to Kabul and then fly to another uh, destination that's that's how we work but we're not happy with security in general uh, to be honest like uh, 
we, we really hoped that we're going to have zero terrorism in Afghanistan when in 2001 the international community came to Afghanistan. We hope that we will be a very peaceful, we are going to have a very peaceful country in Afghanistan in another 20 days. And now after 20, sorry, sorry, 20 years. And now after 20 years, we don't have, and we don't really have what we were wishing for. Yeah, so uh, that's, that's, uh, that's the thing uh, about your question that you asked about hope. And we hope that things will be fine. We really pray all the time things should be okay in Afghanistan one day. But uh, the records doesn't really make us hopeful. Yeah. Now, no, let me ask you a personal question because I've traveled a ton and I've interviewed a ton of people. Being from Afghanistan, you don't uh, hear or see many people speak English, and yet your English is flawless, perfect. You can be on the streets of New York. I wouldn't even know you were from Afghanistan. One, how did you learn English? And two, how did you make it sound so perfect? Oh, thank you. Uh, okay, thank you so much. That's a very uh, a very good encouragement. But uh, early during the Taliban, I was I was trying to study English, but things doesn't really work at that time. It has its own story. But after two thousand and one, I went to a private English school here in Mazar Sharif. And after two years, I was graduated with a very high uh, score, but. I, the day I was graduated, I found that I don't really know English. And then uh, uh, somehow I started self-teaching and self-studying. Wow. And because I didn't know any, because when I was watching a Hollywood movie, I didn't know anything. When I was watching the BBC and the CNN and everything, and I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't understand everything. So I said, let's, let's just work on the movies and promote myself. And then... Things worked. I uh, the first movie I picked was I don't know somehow just it was Spider Man Two. <laughs> okay, it's a good movie though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I started watching over and over. I started like I, I was I was not watching like from the beginning to the end. I was just every five minutes, like I was from the beginning. I was watching just five minutes and I was trying to learn everything of this five minutes and then go to another five minutes. And that's how I was stopping the movie all the time, listening to, to the pronunciation, like trying to take out each word and then wow. write them down and then find them from dictionary, what, what, what that was meaning and then memorizing them. So, and then that's how I continued. It took like six months for me to, Start and stop this uh, Spider-Man to finish this, and, <laughs> and that was really really helpful. And uh, after Spider-Man, like other movies were much easier. And then I and then I was I thought okay, uh, it's good now. And then after that, I also teach uh, also taught English a lot, especially at this American Lincoln Learning Center. That was there was a very nice source out there. We had free internet. We had. A whole library and i was i had lots of things to study lots of nice books out there so um so so now nor i'm on your site let's be friends afghanistan.com and you offer many different tour packages and eddie and i are both going to ask a few different questions about it let's do the generic six-day package um okay. for, for an american the first thing obviously we're concerned about is a visa what's the visa process like for anyone who wants to travel there from america 
I know you need a letter of invitation, but how does that whole process work? Uh, yes. So the, 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 the first thing is that the, normally when you go to apply for a visa, the, the embassy wants to make sure that there is someone who's going to take care of you in Afghanistan mm-hmm. if you come to Afghanistan for tourism. So they want to make sure that uh, uh, you agreed with a company or with a guide from Afghanistan who knows the country very well. And then they want to make sure that you 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 are fine in Afghanistan. So in that case, uh, we normally send you a letter of invitation and a copy of our registered license. So when you go to the embassy or send your passport to the embassy attached with this letter, so they know that you booked with the tour company, uh, uh, whatever company it is, let's be friends, Afghanistan or uh, anyone else. Uh, so. We need a copy of your passport for that, to write all your details in that letter of invitation and then send you the letter of invitation together with our registered license and also uh, give you the address of where you stay. So in case if uh, something happened, they know where you are at the embassy. And uh, yeah, we we just gave you all these details. Most of the people go to the embassy or they send, uh, let's say Washington DC, they just send their, passport um, and this letter and everything to the embassy and then they uh, issue a visa. It, it, it normally takes from one to two weeks for you to have your visa and okay. then they send it back to you or you just go in person and, 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 and pick it by yourself. Uh, six-day package, if, if we're going to use that one, six-day package, where do we usually f- fly into? What city? We fly into Kabul? And normally, because this is a special occasion, which is called Nowruz, is the first day of the new year uh, in the Islamic calendar. And it's a big holiday in Afghanistan. Nowruz is like the new year. It's like it's like Christmas in your country. Okay. And yeah, like thousands of thousands of people gather from around Afghanistan to come to Mazar-e-Sharif to see the Nowruz at the Blue Mosque here. Um Normally, uh, we had Turkish flights flying directly from Istanbul to Mazar-e-Sharif. And that was the location that the tour was began. And the tour was ended out there. Some people could go to Uzbekistan border to say goodbye. And some people could go back to Mazar-e-Sharif airport, fly back to Istanbul and then fly back home. But uh, after this uh, pandemic situation, unfortunately, we created this package before the pandemic, like last year. And then since the pandemic, uh, these Turkish flights banned their flights to Mazar-e-Sharif directly. And now only they fly to Kabul. And we have all, uh, all other connection from Dubai, from Delhi, from anywhere else to Kabul. So now you will fly to Kabul. And then from Kabul, you take another domestic flight to Mazar-e-Sharif. And then we pick you from Mazar-e-Sharif airport. And then it's our responsibility to take care of everything until we take you back to Kabul and then you fly home. Uh, Eddie and I know with sports fanatics. We fly around the world. We go to Russia for the World Cup. We go to Japan to watch baseball. We'll go anywhere to watch a cricket match. There's a sport in Afghanistan that I've never heard of that I'm on YouTube and I'm trying to pronounce it. Bushkasi? How do I pronounce that word and tell everyone about the most fascinating sport in the world? That's buskashi. It's it's sha, like the, the buskashi. So you pronounce perfect, except that sa is sha. Okay. So uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's buskashi. It's uh, it's the, it's called the national game of Afghanistan, and uh, 
it's, it's, it's a huge tournament uh, for the new year, especially lots of people come to watch that. Uh, like a lot of horsemen, they come to the ground and uh, it's a bit sad, but they kill a beef out there. Originally, booze means goat. In the old days, they used to do the goat. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they cut the goat's head and they chop their hands and legs off. And then they put the goat in the ground in a circle. So all these people come to pick the goat from the horse. These horsemen are very strong and trained people. So they just go down and pick it up. All like more than 100 or sometimes 50, 100, 200 people attack on this goat at the same time. So it's a huge rush and it's a big job to pick this goat and then get out of all those people and then go to the end of the ground, which is 300 meters away, and then turn from the flag, which is the end of the ground. And then you come back and drop this horse in the circle, right in the circle. And then you're the winner. So... Yeah, so uh, normally you get uh, lots of prizes. There are rich people sitting, important people, and they're all fan of horse horses and buskashi. They have like 10, 20 horses, and these horses are especially trained and especially taken care of. If you ask a buskash if he loves his horse or his child, it's a very big difficult question for the guy. So, <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, so that's that's how the game goes, and it repeats different, uh, like like several times uh, in one day. Like normally, it, it starts two o'clock in the afternoon, and, and it goes sometime until five, sometimes six o'clock. So it takes three to four hours for the game to be finished. And it's really, really tough and crazy. Where, uh, where do most of your tourists, most of your visitors come from on Let's Be, Af- uh, Let's Be Friends Afghanistan? Where, where is the country that comes to you the most? America is uh, America, UK, actually, is really? number one. So not, yeah, yeah, like the US, I mean, your country, is the highest number of tourists who come to Afghanistan. And then UK as well. Uh, like we can say UK and US is like both equal. But uh, the other, like Canada, Australia, and some European countries are the number two. Like, people come from all these other countries as well. So, yeah, the highest number could be U.S. and U.K. But uh, unfortunately, the second wave of this pandemic, U.K. is a little bit banned and people don't really come. But still, we have people coming from U.S. And right now, the client we have in Afghanistan is from U.S. The the quote you gave me, the price was half of what I thought it should be. So your pricing on this website is phenomenal. On the six-day tour, quickly, what does that uh, What does that take us to? What does it encompass? And what are we going to see? And what does that tour include, Noor? Uh, first of all, the Nauru's, which is especially this tour is designed for Nauru's, this big festival of the new year in Afghanistan. And then you'll see the Buzkashi. Uh, you'll be uh, visiting... Uh, around the city, the bazaar, some historical sites in Afghanistan. You see the Blue Mosque in details, which is a 14th century architecture with more than 250 tile designs on it, which is one of the most beautiful Islamic architecture in Central Asia. And then you'll see uh, the Samangan province. It's, uh, there is a Buddhist stupa and Buddhist complex out there from the fourth century it's very old and ancient and then you still see the temples carved by monks inside the mountains which is a nice place and 
uh, you will be seeing the bazaar a little bit around Samangan and then uh, you will go to Kabul. In Kabul, you see another 17th century blue mosque of Kabul, the Museum of Kabul. You see the bird market, which is a very historical old place in Kabul, and lots of other nice places in Kabul, the bazaar, the locations, and uh, viewpoint. And then you will go to Panjshir province as well. Panjshir is one of those beautiful nature, mountain, a uh, spectacular river, villages at the top of the mountain, and lots of Soviets remaining out there in really? Panjshir really? Valley. Yeah. And then we stop at one, one point, which is a very nice view, and the tomb of the national hero of Afghanistan, Massoud, out there, who fought against the Soviets, who fought against the Taliban. And finally, he was uh, uh, assassinated by the Al-Qaeda, and then he was buried in his birthplace, Pineshire, that we're going to be stopping at his tomb and visiting his tomb and mausoleum and uh, some uh, a Soviet type of little museum with some tanks and artillery that was from the Soviet time. And, and all of them were used by Massoud and then, and then they're there now. We see them and then we just drive back to Kabul. We will stop at the river bank having some fresh pine share fish from the valley, from the river, which is there. And then we have some lunch and then we come back to Kabul. So, and then you will be, probably you need some COVID tests as well. So we will take care of that as well for you to fly back to Dubai. Normally to come to Afghanistan, you don't need any COVID tests, okay. but to go out, you need a COVID test just because of, uh, because because of the, these international flights in Dubai and stuff, but not for, for for Afghanistan. You mentioned food a little bit. Let's talk about the food. I'm a big food guy. I love eating all okay. local foods. I don't want to eat a burger over there. Nor what food am I getting there in Afghanistan? Uh, we have several several types of local dish here. We have the the kebab, which is minced. Uh, with some fruits, with gar garlic and onion, and then it has a special type of taste. Lots of people like the kebab. They, they, they tried kebab in many other places, mm -hmm. but they love the kebab in Afghanistan. I promise you'll love it. And we have a special seasoning on that, which is called ghura, that comes from uh, the grape, the raw grapes. Uh, and it's like, that. that's the main part of the kebab. We also have the palau we call it it's a type of rice with raisins and carrots inside and lots of herbs and meat especially normally we have the the the, the, the mutton meat inside that and uh, uh, that's a very other big dish in afghanistan that people love it and uh, we also have bulani uh, which is originally a street food it's normally served on the street uh, but there are restaurants that offer bulani bulani is a type of flat dough like round and then uh, they put sometimes spring onions and other uh, spices and vegetables mixed with that sometimes made out of potato mixed vegetables and spices sometimes they make out of meat especially chicken uh, with spices and herbs in that in the half of it and then they create a they, they, they close it like, like a half moon shape and then they fry it in the oil. And that's like something Afghanistan people, they eat it almost every day, like at least three times a week. Uh, that's a very big thing in Afghanistan. It's called Bulani. 
And this Bolani, if you search in Google, Bolani uh, was ranked as the number one uh, bread in the world. Like uh, if you just search in Google, you will you will find it. And there are lots of other foods as well that normally they are cooked inside the houses. Like uh, they're not normally served on in, in the restaurants, but we have a lot of other options. We call it shorwa, we call it kurti, and uh, I can't really remember, but lots of other foods as well. Uh, like we're being honest with each other, and whenever I tell my friends and family, hey, I'm going to Pakistan, I'm going to Saudi Arabia, anywhere in the Middle East, they'll... <gasps> Oh my God, it's so dangerous. Now, obviously, Afghanistan has its dangers. What safety concerns do you deal with for tourism? So when I come there as a tourist, what are you mostly on the lookout for? And what um, problems have you had when tourists were there? Uh, hopefully, we, 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 we never had any problem. With, we guided more than like 500 people, and we never had any problem with any of them. Okay. Uh, we're connected with all these uh, security resources in Afghanistan, what was called the National Department of Security, uh, an organization that provides the security. We have good security groups. We're connected with them. I used to work as a security advisor for like uh, several years in Afghanistan with big international organizations. And okay. I'm quite aware of yeah what to do, what not to do. And also my brother is a, it's, it's a police officer in Mazar-e Sharif, which is the chief of police in Mazar-e Sharif. And he's very well connected with all these security resources. And he lets me know some of the secrets sometimes that normally it doesn't come out. And then he gives me all these details. And uh, that's that's just to let you know, we have all these things. And then with you when you come to Afghanistan, normally we give you an Afghan outfit, an Afghan clothing. We call it Peran Tumban. Peran is the shirt. Tumban is the trousers. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, we ask you to grow a little bit of your beard if possible, but if not, it's okay. Uh, we cannot hide you from the people. We, we, we don't want to hide you from the people that you're a foreigner or something. But it's just about respect. And it's about like culture and stuff for the outfit of Afghanistan. And it normally creates a very friendly atmosphere when people find out that you're a foreigner and you're wearing the Afghan clothing. And it's very interesting for them. During the last 20 years, unfortunately, we had lots of international expats coming to Afghanistan, but they're always staying away from the people, from the local people, like uh, people who work for the organizations, soldiers, all these people who are in Afghanistan, they never get out of their compounds. They have their own security procedures and rules and regulations. So they're always away from the local people. People don't have any idea about them and they don't have any idea about people. So the nice thing about travelers who come to Afghanistan is that they come and go into the bazaar and go into the people and show the people that they like them. And then this creates a very friendly atmosphere too. Uh, like, it's very fun for the people to see, like, oh, an American guy. Oh, he's wearing Afghan clothing. Oh, you look like Afghan. And then you automatically, you, you smile at each other. And then you also say something, like you shake hands, and then you say something. And then it's very fun. And then, like, sometimes they love, they offer tea for you. And it's it's very nice in general. And the, the second thing, the, so the third thing about the security is we never want to take you to a location that we are not sure about the security. For example, when you come to Mazar Sharif, We'll be staying around the city, the locations we know it's fine, and we have taken lots of clients before. 
we don't want to take you too far away from the city center. Like we cannot travel more than five kilometers away from the city center. On, on some of the, for example, the western part of the Mazar Sharif, we cannot travel out of the city gate because things are not sure. And uh, but on the eastern side, we can travel for two hours. We can drive our car. We can come to visit Samandan province. We can go to visit the borders of Uzbekistan, which is like another 50 to 60 kilometers away. So we know these locations and streets are fine, like a lot of government and police presence. So we, we, we're not worried, but the locations we know, it's not sure. We never want to take you there. So we're trying to be extra careful with clients. So you'll be fine. And also the guest house that you're going to stay, nobody should know that where are we going to stay. We have a, a briefing at the very beginning when you reach to Afghanistan, we do the briefing for the clients, which is a set of do's and don'ts. Uh, especially with the itinerary, we, we try to stay as secret as possible. Like, uh, <clears throat> where do we go next? Uh, what do we do? Like, how do we go? We normally uh, use a normal type of transportation that local people use it all the time. So we don't we we, we don't hire a big, nice, like armed vehicle yeah. <laughs> for you. Oh, we 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 have uh, uh, small guns registered with us. It's like a. Uh, small pistols that that our driver and uh, if if we are a group we hire somebody to come with us who are experienced and uh, and he wears just a normal Afghan clothing just like you and like anyone else on the street and he has his gun beneath their clothing so nobody knows what is going on out here I don't want people to, like we don't we we don't want to draw attention. Like we are like very important people. See, we have guns. This is a foreigner. We don't want to show yeah. that. It's like very normal, friendly. We walk, we smile, we take a look. And in case of emergency, if something happens, we are allowed to use our gun, now, which is registered with the organization. Yeah. Let me ask you this, because the same way I don't like to watch the news here while everything is negative about Afghanistan and negative about Pakistan, Obviously, there's negative things said about Americans. What is the general perception of Americans in Afghanistan right now? Is it favorable or is it not great? Uh, depends. Depends. Well, uh, to be honest, uh, there are some locations which is mainly far away, uh, like rural type of areas. Mm -hmm. People are more religious out there. And they're easily brainwashed even by this Taliban and in, in any other groups out there. Like foreigners are infidels, they're not good people, they ruin our religion and stuff. Uh, there are locations like this, but we don't want to go there. And normally we go to the city centers to see these, the sites, the, the historical sites. And people are fine. Like People are mainly educated because we have universities, we have quite educated people. And they know the importance of, of travelers and tourists or and foreigners in Afghanistan. Uh, yeah, Americans are quite famous in Afghanistan because now when, 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 I, when, when Afghanistan people see any other foreigners who are white, like blonde, and they say, oh, American, American, but <laughs> probably he's from Finland. He's from, I don't know, New York or like uh, somewhere else, but they say American, American. So <laughs> Americans are famous in Afghanistan. Yeah. You mentioned a few cities. Is the city, um, unfortunately, where the boot is, it was all over the news when the boot got blown up. Is that Bahamian? Bahamian. Now, is that place Bahamian. safe? Do, do we ever visit that or is that still a little not safe right now? 
Um, you can do that, but not if you join this group because yeah. this this group is specifically for Mazar and Kabul and Panjshir and Samangan province. But if you like uh, book like a longer trip, maybe another three days, then you can go to Bamiyan as well to see Bamiyan. But you can see still lots of nice, interesting things, beautiful landscape, the valleys, and the Lakers Lazuli Blue Lakes of Bandiamir in Bamiyan. You still see the niches out there, like you can climb, you can see the view of the city from the Buddha top, and you can see the pieces of the Buddha broken and saved by the UNESCO out there. So still everything is nice out there, and yeah, it's uh, it's safe. You can uh, you can fly from Kabul to Bamiyan. Now, Noor, a couple more questions. I know it's early there, and I've had you on for a, a while. Um, this might be a silly question, but is there any nightlife there? Is there any... Um... Like I know we're gonna to tour during the day. What do you guys do there at night? Because when I was when I go to the Middle East, a lot of the time it's tea, sitting around with your friends, just talking. Is there any nightlife out there? Is there anything to do in the evening out there in Afghanistan? Uh, unfortunately, we don't have the nightlife. Uh, like normally, the end of the day when it's dark, uh, people go home. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bazaars are closed. Um, just during this uh, this New Year. If there is a specific holiday like Eid and New Year, people go out during the nights like to celebrate. Lots of people come out on the streets, like sometimes they dance, sometimes they play some music, stuff like that. But uh, uh, in general, we don't, we don't we don't have a lot of nightlife. Like uh, just when it's dark, people close their shops and they go home because they're tired as well. Like they work the whole day and they want to go and rest and then wake up next day, early morning. Yeah. Now you have a tour come up in March. Now just say, and I'm just curious, and I don't know the answer to this. Just say in uh, the middle of February, um, I reach out to you, or someone reaches out to you and go, "Hey, I want to come there with a friend. Is there any way you can do a private three day tour of just maybe Kabul and one other city? Is that something you offer? Is your company? Sure, sure, sure. Yes, yes, yes. We do. Um, these tours are uh, the, the tours we have on our website. It's just it's, uh, it's specifically date it from one day to, to another because sometimes people ask mm-hmm. sometimes most most of our clients ask for group tours so we just want to we don't want to say no to them and we just want to offer something to them yeah please look at our website this is the link but in general all of our group tours are private like sorry uh, all of our tours are private tours we have lots of private tours lots of clients come even for one day in afghanistan yeah. sometimes they'll come for two weeks in afghanistan and uh, we, we, we do arrange private tours, yes. And two more yeah. things. I want to end off with a really positive note. But before we end up on the positive note, unfortunately, again, the Afghanistan passport is considered very weak. You know, the Japanese passport's the strongest. Afghanistan's one of the weakest. Is there any uh, countries personally that you want to visit? Like, are any dream countries you want to see? And what countries have you been to, Noor? <laughs> You know, one of my dream countries is to come, uh, probably when I start traveling, the first country that I'm going to come is U.S. And if it's, no, it better be New York, and I'm going to show you around, my brother. I promise you that, too, and I really mean that. That would be perfect. Uh, I will absolutely come to you one day. And uh, and the reason is because when I was a child, 17 years old, I was, uh, uh, I had the highest score of an English contest in Mazar Sharif. Oh, wow. And then, yes, and then this uh, we had an American consul in uh, in Kabul who who provided uh, uh, 
uh, scholarships for students of Afghanistan for the for the for the kids, and then uh, I was accepted in that contest, and then they gave me this opportunity to come to visit U.S. for one year and educate myself. Oh, wow! There. Yes, and then <clears throat> uh, I, I was accepted in many interviews, like writing essays, and everything was nice. But suddenly, uh, at the at the U.S. embassy, didn't give me a visa, so I lost the chance to come oh. to U.S. Unfortunately, yeah. And then since that time, this U.S. was one of my big dreams one day to come and, and, and visit. But yes, I, I visited India, I visited Uzbekistan, some of the other countries close by Afghanistan. But it's still very difficult. You know, you need to wait and wait. They ask questions. Somebody should guarantee me that I'm not going to do anything wrong. And then they give us the visa. So it's, it's, it's yeah, as, as you say, the weakest passport. And, and, and let's just talk, because we talked earlier when we were, we were just texting uh when we first started talking to each other about the orphanage and the schools you guys are building there, explain what's going on there. Cause this is a huge thing that of course isn't in the news here. No one reads about it, but what's going on out there within schoolings and the orphanage and all that. Uh, this, uh, uh, school was a kind of my childhood dream because when, 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 uh, when, when the, the idea popped out in my mind, when I was a child and Taliban came to Mazar-e-Sharif, and uh, killed lots of people and lots of crazy stuff happened. And we had to escape mountain to mountain. We went to our, uh, well, I, I try to shortly explain. We went to the very central Afghanistan, which was hometown to my parents. And then the life was still difficult there because we didn't know farming and we didn't know all these things. So we had to go somewhere at least to survive, to work and then take care of the family. So we went to Pakistan crossed the borders illegally, and we found life was even more difficult in Pakistan because we we crossed the borders illegally, and then we didn't have any documentations. We didn't know the language, and police stopped us all the time asking questions and bothering us. So we had to come back to Afghanistan. So as a child, I suffered a lot. I lost my education and the opportunity that I used to educate myself, and I, I, I couldn't. And as a child, I, I, I had to go through lots of things. And I even came to uh, the, the the western parts of Afghanistan, um, uh, like there are provinces like Kandahar and Helmand. At that time, we had no other idea, but we had to work. So unfortunately, we we worked into opium fields. We had to collect the opiums, and then uh, at the end, we were getting some some of the opium with us, and then we could sell that opium, and then. Send, make some money and send back home. So uh, like for four years, I lost the chance of education. And then after 2001, with the international community and US coming to Afghanistan, we found another chance to go to school and we educate ourselves. So uh, I know now child go through lots of things when crazy stuff like this happens. And uh, nowadays, uh, now, the main thing is that we have lots of beggars. All of these children are sent out for work on the streets. Most of them are orphans. They don't have home. They don't have family. And uh, they're, they're, they're forced to work. And uh, they lose the chance of education. And the, the, the very important thing that makes me to create this school is that if, if we imagine Afghanistan 10 years later, uh, you can imagine what these children could do to the country. 
if you educate them, they could be very good doctors and engineers and educated people. If you do not educate them, uh, today they're only begging on the streets and they're happy to work like 50 Fs, which is almost half a dollar. But 10 years later, they want more money. They want to have like $20 per day, maybe $100 per day. But because they're not educated, they cannot work. They cannot find that sum of money in one day. And then what are they going to do? It's very easy to murder, to kill people, to do the mafia things, to join the terrorist groups. And that's the future of Afghanistan, you know? Like, I lost lots of my friends. Uh, when, when, when we were children and they were my friends, and some of them were very nice, successful people, that they were able to be educated, but some of them lost their lives, some of them became crazy bad people. And then we, we, some of them are now in prisons in Afghanistan, but I know they were personally my, my childhood friends and we were playing together. And now some of them are nice, some of them, one of them is me, and uh, some of them are dangerous people, and some of them even not even existed. They're killed, and I don't know where they are. So that was the 15 years ago of Afghanistan. And then you can imagine the 15 years later of Afghanistan. So we need to take care of these children. We need to support these children. So the idea of this school is that since I had lots of clients, and I was talking about this idea to any of them when they were visiting Afghanistan, and they were so happy to help. And... Uh, now we're able to do that. I'm in a position that I, I can, I can, I, I have more than 500 people who are going to help wow. me. And then uh, uh, I'm now right in the middle of the registration and the process of this school. So soon we're going to have the license and soon we're going to have the school open and we're going to accept maybe we, we first target, we target the orphans. It's not only a school to come teach them and let them go home or go back to work. We are thinking to provide some money to the family, the money that children normally works during the day uh, around the city. So we normally want to pay that to their family, but instead we want the family not to ask the children to go to work, but allow the child to come to stay in our shelter and our school here. So we, so there are a lot of nice people from around the world, from the US, especially from, from, from Australia. We have a very nice Australian lady right now in Afghanistan who's helping me with all these arrangements and stuff. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to provide shelters. Maybe some of the orphans who doesn't have home or something, we totally accept them to be our child and then stay in our shelter for, for always. And at least we try to support them for the next 10 years to be graduated from high school and then go to university we try to support them to be a fully educated person. And then hopefully one day they can they can be part of this school. They can help us try to offer jobs for them. And then they can be, I don't know, more successful people. They might have fellowships and scholarships to go out of Afghanistan. So it's 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 one of the big dream for me. Hopefully one day it will come true. So we are just working on that. No, that's a perfect way to end this podcast. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for coming on. Thank you for educating me, everyone listening about Afghanistan. Uh, I will be there, hopefully. We're taping this uh, February 1st. Hopefully, either in February or March, I will be uh, in Afghanistan. I'll meet you. We'll have some tea and some uh, kebabs. But please just give the plug on how everyone can find you on all the social media, your website, and everything, please. I think if you just type, let's be friends in Afghanistan in Google, everything comes out. So that's the name of our Instagram, let's be friends Afghanistan, without any dot or underscore or something. Just let's be friends Afghanistan. 
uh, and, and Instagram, Let's Be Friends Afghanistan, and Facebook. And uh, if you just type Let's Be Friends, uh, that, that's, the, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's the only thing. Just type Let's Be Friends Afghanistan everywhere. <laughs> it comes out. Nor, I'll talk to you soon, my brother. Thank you so much for doing this and have a great day in Afghanistan, my friend. Yeah, you too. See Thank you soon, you so brother. Much. Have a good night. Yeah, bye. Bye-bye. Bye. bye. bye.